I love that you can move them easily. They make my workspaces much more flexible. I like how quiet they are. I can sit inside and feel all calm, but still feel part of what's going on around me. I like what they cost. They're talking about Nook, the award-winning wellness-certified family of pods, booths, and shelters which make a workplace more flexible and more inclusive. Go to nookpod.com to find out more. Welcome back to the Work Bowl podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions, space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and this is the fourth episode of our MIPM mini-series sponsored by TSK. In this episode, I'm joined by Marcus Mufarich, CEO of PropTech company Illity. Marcus spent 25 years as an operator. His dad is the founder of ServeCorp. And Marcus tells us what lessons he learned building the tech platform for the very first space as a service brand that shaped his vision for digitizing real estate and which ultimately led him to launch Illity three years ago. He says, tenant engagement is not an app, it's an outcome. And real estate needs to be responsive to changing customer needs because we don't know what changes will be needed in the future. In this episode, Marcus shares how he's supporting Elgem, legal and general investment managers, across their portfolio with a shout out to Work Bold podcast alum Mark Tyson. And we talk about how Elgem are disrupting themselves to create a better tenant <clears throat> customer experience. He goes on to tell us how Illity is helping landlords support office customers' hybrid requirements before unveiling his bold vision for the future. Just a reminder, this was recorded on-site at MIPM, so you're going to hear some background noise, which is all part of the experience this season. You may have heard this in our trailer episode for this season, but I am proud to say that TSK have joined us on the Workable Podcast once again as our sponsor for Season 7. And if you listened to last season, you'll know they're leading the way in designing and delivering inspirational workplaces that are both flexible and become collaborative hubs for people as they help us navigate the sometimes confusing nature of modern work. TSK regularly publish thought leadership, research, and a lot of insightful content featuring their clients, partners, and their own team about workplace, commercial interiors, hybrid working, and case studies of those who have reimagined the workplace for our new ways of working. You can check out the latest publications and video content at tskgroup.co.uk or check the links in the show notes below. So what do TSK's clients say about their work? Here's a cool clip that I like. There really isn't anything else like this in Lancaster when it comes to the modern furnishings, the modern bright facilities that we have in this office. And that can really be felt as soon as you walk through the, those doors for the very first time. It sounds a little bit twee, but, you know, job satisfaction, I think it, it impacts on that in terms of, you know, the space that you're working in. So definitely, I think it sets the bar in terms of, you know, how we want to create office space in the future for the business, 100%. But also we've got that collaborative aspect to the office. We've got the town hall steps if I just want to have a little chat over a coffee about something small. Or we've got a selection of meeting rooms where I can speak to people both within the office and out of the office. Another great thing about this space is the flexibility that we have to hold events here. Being able to open up this space to accommodate up to 150 people. The new office and the new design is just so much more collaborative than before. Before it was just desks and desks and a few offices where now literally half of the office on the seventh floor, half of the office on the eighth floor. It's all just open space. You can really see how teams can mix with each other, be collaborative, be social. All right, Jeff, let's hear from Marcus Mufarich. 
Welcome back to the Wordbold Podcast. And joining us is Marcus Mufaridge, the CEO of Illity. Marcus, we're just kicking things off here at Mifflin this morning, but before we got dive into the questions, um, tell us a little bit about Illity. So Illity is, is a framework for digitizing real estate. That's the, that's the highest level description I can give you. Um, essentially, you know, I've worked in multi-tenant real estate for a really long time, spent a lot of time working in, in flex space. Uh, and what, what we wanted to do, well, at, what I wanted to do as I, as I left that was really get to the crux of, you know, what other industries have done successfully to, to digitize. And so we developed a, a framework, which we call physical rights management. And that basically says that, you know, every, every interaction between a human and a building uh, is, a, is a right that can be distributed. And Illity is a framework that says who can use that interaction, how they can use it, where they can use it, and how much they pay. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And I want to dive into that in just a moment. But obviously, we're here at Mifflin, so uh, this is not your first rodeo. How many times have you been here before? Actually, I've been to Mifflin in the U.S., but I haven't been to Mifflin in Cannes. I was supposed to come here in 2020, but uh, obviously, those plans were thwarted. Uh, so yeah, so it's a it's an uh, unbelievable you know uh, uh, vibe here and uh, and and Mipham, it's just it's just great to be back live. Yeah, it's definitely great to see the industry come back together face to face after a long two years. Uh, what sort of opportunities are you looking for here at Mipham? I mean, I'm evangelizing physical rights management, so uh, I'm out here really trying to get people to understand that you know there's a lot of great prop tech out there. There's a lot of uh, th- there's a lot of solutions, point solutions. And, and what people need to understand, uh, or what I think you know, the, the industry needs to get their head around, is that nobody actually knows what's going to happen in six months or 12 months or two years in any class of real estate. There's a lot of disruption happening. And, and uh, owners, asset owners, need to build responsiveness, not necessarily tackling point solutions. And yes, more flexibility is a good thing. Yes, hybrid working is a great thing. Yes. Uh, you know, ESG is something that everybody needs to focus on, but tackling these challenges in a, in, a, in a reasonably holistic way. So using a framework to actually create outcomes um, is, is really what we're driving for. And so I'm trying to reach out to, to landlords who might, you know, be, be looking for responsiveness. Well, speaking of landlords, you are working with one of the largest in the UK, um, LNG, Legal and General Investment Managers. Correct, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your work with, uh, with LNG? Yeah, so LNG are super progressive, despite what anybody might think about them being a really, you know, large and and uh, and and you know, they're obviously a very old business. Um, but the, the the progressive nature of the team that we're working with uh, across across real estate is is super impressive. So you know, they they. We have to give a shout out to Mark Tyson, a former Workbold podcast uh, guest, because um, I know. He is driving that progressive change there. Definitely need to give a shout out to Mark. And, and really, you know, Mark and, and Ruman and the, and, the, and the team there have just been really fantastic to work with. So we've, we've really enjoyed working with them and we're, we're creating solutions around providing transparency of billing to end user to tenants. I refer to them as customers, but you know, in this world, we have to refer to them as tenants. Uh, and, uh, and, and also uh, a lot of uh, work on ESG. So providing ESG transparency uh, obviously, you know, legal in general want to get to, to net carbon zero by 2030. And the way to do that is to have really great communication with their tenants and work collaboratively. And they're the first landlord in the world I've seen really doing this effectively. And um, that also means that they're paying attention to flex and space as a service. And so does your platform help them with that as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we think that if you, if you 
repackage your offering so that the, the real estate offering is getting more complex. It's getting more complex with flexibility and services and amenities and hybrid and community and food and beverage and, and, uh, and ESG. So that complexity makes it more difficult to manage and it actually affects the margin. Uh, it, well, I really believe that it can either make that, that, that complexity an opportunity or it can make it a real challenge. And, and we think that if you've got a, a, a really simple framework to distribute that complexity uh, or to manage that complexity, then your, your margins are going to be higher and your customer satisfaction is going to be a lot, a lot greater. So we, you know, we say that you know, tenant engagement isn't an app, it's an outcome. And that's from making really good decisions and delivering really good product. Tenant engagement is not an app, it's an outcome. Correct. That's profound. We might have to quote that one. Yeah, well, I think it's it's really true, and, I, and I'm really passionate about it, right? So it's it's something you know. I, I in in my previous life, I was a tenant in 150 locations, and the experience wasn't amazing, I have to say. So I'm really I'm passionate and a bit of a zealot for getting out there and really improving that. Well, uh, I think you know I've touched on your former life in the in the intro, um, but I think it, it might make sense to, to talk a little bit more about that now. Sure. Um, so. What you did at ServeCorp in the past, coming into what you're doing now, uh, what did what did you learn, or what was it that was the light bulb moment for you to launch Illity for for the real estate industry? Yeah, there's two things that I learned. I think mo- that, that were most important. The first was that a combination of automation and good human services is unbeatable. And uh, and you know, my father start founded ServeCorp in 1978. So and I worked in that business for 25 years. And we didn't always see eye to eye, but we, we definitely worked really, really well together. At the end of that journey, I wanted to take the automation and knew that it was applicable to broader real estate and that there was demand for that. Um, and and my, my dad didn't want to go down that path, and that's fine. He's a you know first-generation founder and a bit of a um, control freak, so that's fine. So we, we parted you don't, ways. You don't mention words, though, do you? Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's fine. He'll be fine with that because it's a fact. And, and anyway... Uh, but but the, the the two things I learned was that automation really could drive revenue and income with a with a higher margin, and the second thing I learned was don't build a monolithic platform. So this is a really good one for a lot of you know CTOs. What do you what do you mean by monolithic platform? So when you're building software, there's there's many different ways to build software, but typically what landlords have been striving for is what they might call one pane of glass or one system that integrates everything and I built that at Surfball and it was really great like it built a lot of great automation but it it actually created a lot of technical debt so I know that's that's not a property term but what that means is is essentially you build this monolithic platform and it ends up becoming like a bowl of cold spaghetti so you can't untangle it you can't make changes quickly you can't iterate and you can't um, productize so you can't release new products and and, and in, even in the Surfcore business, as the CIO and then the COO, you know, trying to roll out product innovation was really difficult. Even though we had great technology, a great technology team, we just we had built it so that it solved the immediate problem that we had. There's much better ways to build now. So what you know, the way we built Illity is really using, you know, aside from you know, patenting this concept of physical rights management. Um, we we built it in a very very modular way, so all the way from the front end to the back end. So it's what you might call composable, um, and that means that you can build new new products and 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 deploy new products to your customer base really quickly, 
um, and it, it me- makes your building behave a lot more like like a software business actually so you're you know there's you, you don't end up building this singular thing that you're trying to get to in six months and by the time you get it finished well typically you'll say six months and then it'll be two years and then by the time you're finished it's redundant and so then it's really hard to go back and change if you build it in a really really modular way and i mean a truly top like front end to back end modular way um then you'll have a lot more like long-term success. So I hate to use the term future-proof, but I think it really does future-proof you. And the Illity framework really enables that. So it's interesting. We talk about future-proofing assets. Uh, often that's talking about uh, building the space that can be reconfigured and be used in dynamic ways. Um, you're actually building this, the software that is uh, future-proofed and that can be used in different ways and be dynamic. It's, it's essential. And, and uh, as I'd mentioned earlier, you know, responsiveness is what this is all about. So how do you respond to what is going to happen in six months, in 12 months, in three years, in five years? And, uh, and building a responsive capability within your business from a software point of view, I think will we'll sort out who's going to be successful moving forward and not. Well, you know, we don't have time to go in all the details of this, and you know, frankly, you probably want to bring in your team for some of that anyways, but I do want to talk more practically for a moment because I think we've talked a lot of high level about the software and, and, how, and how you're supporting, but can you give a practical example of, you know, maybe LNG or, you know, I think you're working with RxR or, you know, someone else that you're working with and, and how they're using this? Yeah. I'll talk in, in sort of general terms, just on the specific use cases, landlords, you know, they... they an interesting thing about Illity is we're a framework to help them build their product. So we built an ESG product for legal in general, uh, and they own all the IP around that. But I'll talk in general terms about what you know what we what we solved for them. That was the pain point, if you like. And really, uh, you know, they were collecting a lot of ESG data from multitudes of buildings across multitudes of funds across multitudes of property uh, managers. They were delivering that data to a facilities manager who worked for LNG. And that is great because they have to know where, what, you know, what they're at in order to reach their target by 2030. Um, but actually they can't reach that target unless they engage their customers. And so how do you engage the customers? You've got to get transparency and information on carbon footprint to the customers. And it needs to be very specific about what building they're in, what tenancy they're in, and even you know, them as a single occupier and how they're faring against the rest of the building or against the target to get to 2030. Um, so we built that as a product for LNG and, and distributed it to their end user customers. But, you, but you're not building it from scratch because you said you have the modular software sort of in templates form? We're not, we're not building it from scratch. We have a distribution framework that lets us build a product and put it into that framework and then distribute it out to the customers. So we know who the, who the tenants are, we know what their you know, leasing details are, and I might say we don't store any customer data in Illity. It's fully GPDR compliant, so I'll just follow that up with that. Um, but we, we basically map that information from a third-party data lake so that it can be presented in a, in a really great way, in a very specific way, to a specific end user who's going to be able to take action. I want to make a point, because a lot of this developing technology, developing software, it can appear that you're a, you're a software dev shop. Yeah. But, but you're not. We're we had not. a chat about that. So can you describe what makes you different from a dev shop? Yeah, so we don't necessarily build the software that is providing. So we don't build the data lake. We don't do integrations. We are packaging, pricing, and distribution. So the landlord innovates, comes up with great ideas, comes up with great products, might be a flexible workspace product, might be uh, an amenity product. 
um, might be uh, some sort of relationship that they have. You know, LNG also sells insurance. So how do they actually then sell that directly to their customers in a, in a preferred way? That product exists and probably the ability to sell that product totally exists end to end. We're not reinventing that wheel. What we're saying is to get that to the customers who can actually you know, consume it can be really challenging if you haven't got a really good framework for packaging, pricing and distributing. And so the innovation still lies with the landlord. We're not a dev shop building software solutions for them you know, that are completely different but distributed in the same way. We are actually building a framework just for packaging, pricing and distribution. So who can use it, how they can use it, where they can use it and how much they pay. And as we have developed this, we've had to write a lot of software. So we've had to build a lot of software to prove that this, is, this, this works. Um, but ultimately, using it exactly what it's for, which is distribution of whatever your product happens to be and how diverse it happens to be, is, is what we're all about. So, Marcus, you clearly have some bold ambitions for your company and for real estate. Can you share those? So, I really believe that every other industry that has successfully digitized has had a, a framework for the distribution of their digital product. And that's when those industries really went through a digital transformation. And yes, property has undergone a lot of digital change, particularly in the last few years and particularly driven by COVID. But this concept um, that there has to be sort of an industry-wide distri like product distribution framework, or you know, it doesn't matter whether it's building-wide or portfolio-wide or industry-wide, there has to be some commonality or a common language that you use to distribute your digital outcomes. And, and that's what I've seen in many other industries, and that's what I think the property industry needs, and that's what I think Illity has built. Uh, and so, you know, we want to be the ubiquitous framework across all real estate asset classes uh, for packaging, pricing, and distributing real estate globally. Well, Marcus, thank you for coming on and talking about Illity and how you're helping asset owners and landlords around the world. Uh, where do you want people to find you? I think LinkedIn is best. I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn, and uh, it seems to be pretty effective at, at getting to communicate with me. So yes, I think LinkedIn is best. Excellent. Well, we'll put a link to your LinkedIn in our show notes so people Great. can connect you with you directly. Thanks again, and enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks so much for having me. Until next time, take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and remember, fortune favors the bold. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. Making a high-quality podcast like this takes a lot of work. That's a fact. But not when you hire Copus. With our white glove experience, we handle everything for you. From guest outreach all the way through to publishing and promotion, we handle it all. You show up to hold great interviews and build relationships with your guests, and we take care of everything else. Podcasting is not just about the audience. Every podcast interview is the start of a new relationship. With a weekly podcast, you would build relationships with 52 ideal partners or prospects through your podcast interviews over the next 12 months. Do you believe that 52 new relationships would grow your business? We do. Contact Jason at copus, K-O-P-U-S dot com and let's talk. Thank you.